0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio
1: Player app. Talk about that public art installation in Vancouver now that has everyone talking. And I'm talking, of course, about the spinning chandelier. This thing is amazing. Four point eight million dollars. Seven foot tall spinning chandelier installed under a bridge and twice a day it spins around 3,400 kilograms of crystals spinning around now when you hear that price tag 4.8 million dollars remember that was not taxpayers money this was an art piece that was commissioned by west bank with the real estate developer and they've installed this and it's got everyone talking my next guest melody ma has written a fascinating piece for the tie where she's a contributing editor and writer. Uh, She calls the spinning chandelier insensitive, especially in a city with homelessness, a homelessness crisis. And uh, she's with The Star. I want to make sure I got that right. The Star. Melody, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Okay, we also have Claire Allen, Simi Sarah Show contributor on the line. Hi, Claire. Hey, Mike. Okay, Melody, let me go to you first. Give me your take on the, on the spinning chandelier. Have you been down there to see it?
2: Yeah, and I think the, the problem with the spinning chandelier is that it demonstrates that something is broken within our public art commissioning process. And that's the point I'm trying to make. The $4.8 million comes from a mandated uh, fee that the, the, uh, the developer has to either pay or contribute in the form of public art. Right. And the fact that we have a spinning chandelier in a city where there's so much housing inequality, it's kind of like just pointing at folks and saying, hey, let them eat some chandelier or let them eat cake. Um, why did we have the chandelier that, come, uh, that came to fruition in the first place? Why are people so angry? Did the city not anticipate this? And there's clearly something that could be re-looked at from a public art process point of view for the city.
1: Okay, do you think like a chandelier is sort of a symbol of privilege and wealth? Is that that one of the things that offends you about it?
2: Yeah, and I think it's Mm -hmm. it's not just myself. I think that is part of the public discourse. The public is saying like, look at the insensitivity when we do have so much homelessness in Vancouver, when we have... Um, I hope you have crisis when we look at Oppenheimer Park, and now we have this four point eight million dollar chandelier that is spinning around um Why is this happening
1: okay when you when you went down to check it out yourself, did you see the chandelier spinning? uh
2: no, I think it actually just started spinning um it's now three times a day, but there was some sort of issue with it that they were fixing
1: okay didn't you do you think it looks kind of nice or cool or exciting or? A lot of people want to go check it out.
2: I mean, there's a lot of things that look really cool and exciting. I think uh, there's definitely an outrage that is with the chandelier, and it's just completely insensitive in terms of the context of the piece.
1: Okay, even though it's not the public's money, though, right? I mean, this is the $4.8 million, a heck of a big chunk of money, but it's coming from the developers, not coming from taxpayers. Does that make a difference?
2: Well, it it, it is part of the public art. Contribu- contribution yeah. that a pu- that the developer is mandated to offer as part of the deal when they build over 100,000 square footage. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they must either provide a certain dollar amount per f- square footage towards public art that is on site or um, that is a, a fee that they pay into a public art fund. So this is a civic mandate That they must offer in exchange for the additional density. So in a way, it is part of the the public realm. It is part of a public mandate that we have determined as a city that we want more public art in the public realm. And this is one way to achieve it, um, but that doesn't. Uh, but what I'm trying to say here is that developers have way too much curatorial power in terms of determining what type of public art can be in Vancouver, and therefore determining what the culture of our city looks like. Okay, so you think when, the,
1: you think there should have been public input on the public art?
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. two things that there are twofold. I'm not saying that the public should have like the final say on a piece of public art. Art is subjective at the end of the day, but at least create public art that is neighborly, that is respective of the context of our whether our times or the neighborhood. Get okay. input early on in the process that reflects what a neighborhood's history is or what a neighborhood's aspiration is and incorporate that into the direction of a piece of art.
1: Okay, let's go to let's go to Claire Allen. Claire, I know you, what do you think about this thing? You've been down to see it, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I have been down yeah. to see it. I also haven't seen it spinning because I know it only spun it two times during the day at two separate uh, hours. So I haven't seen it um, in its full glory, I guess, but I have yeah. seen it hanging there. I really enjoyed Melody's piece. I thought that there were some really interesting points that she brought up about, about public art. I think the issue I take is about the um, sort of a committee or oversight into public art. I mean, art in its... Um, what It's supposed to challenge you. It's supposed to be disruptive. That is sort of like the nature of art, public art. And I yeah. just think that if it were to go to committee, that this public consultation would water down that disruptive nature of public art. And in the city of Vancouver, you know, to, for development of any type, there's a ton of red tape, a ton of bureaucracy. I'm just wondering how many more layers of bureaucracy do we need in the process of development? If a you know, uh, West Bank, they have to uh, meet certain requirements from the city. Do we need to add another hoop for them to jump through for something right. that really doesn't affect the well-being of people? It's not, you know, um, it's not a it's engineering in regards to a building or something like that, or, you know, the vertical height. It is a piece of public art. It's supposed to make you think. And I just think if we set it to committee, we'll take away that aspect of public art.
1: Okay. Melody, what do you think of that?
2: I think public art is part of public well being, and the fact that when a lot of people walking past by or even thinking of the chandelier, like it, and it produces public anger and outrage, that's not public good, that's public harm, that's not part of public health, and this is what this piece is doing. In terms of the bureaucracy component, Public art that is commissioned by the city already is um, reviewed by a selection panel that is supposed to reflect the diversity of neighbors um, around that piece of art as well as arts experts. So we already have that standard for civically, um, for city commissioned public art. But when it comes to developer public art, we're just saying, okay, they can do whatever they want to a certain extent. Um, Developers also have the alternative of Contributing to a fund by cash in lieu. What I'm saying in my argument is that actually, instead of getting developers to uh, commission their own art and determine the art in our city, why don't they contribute cash in lieu lo- instead, um, and then uh, yeah. and let that go through the civic process that we have, okay. so that it is cognizant of neighbors that are around.
1: Okay. Okay. Claire, I think one of the thing, a good hallmark of a, an effective piece of public art is if it generates a lot of people talking about it. And I think certainly that this particular installation would tick that box. I mean, here we're talking about it on the radio. There's been lots of coverage of this chandelier. And I wonder if in the future, if this starts to create buzz in the city that, Hey, this is something to see. And if you are visiting Vancouver, make sure you go check this thing out. I mean, that could actually help maybe draw people to the city as a tourist attraction, but I don't know. Do you, you think it's good, though? You like it, though, right?
0: I do. Claire? I do yeah. like it. I, I You know, I actually, I, I think it's beautiful when I see it. I think it's a, a really beautiful piece. I mean, I don't think people can argue that a chandelier isn't beautiful. Um, I do think that, you're right, pu- public art is something that attracts people to our city. We have some really yeah. some really interesting examples of it. However, going back to what Melody said about you, um, Produce if a developer wants to give a a percentage of uh, a dollar figure to the city. You know yeah. the city has produced some controversial art as well. I used to yeah. live across the street from the Main Street Poodle, and that yes. was a partnership with TransLink, the city, and the federal government. And some money from the city was pitched into that piece of art. And you know some people didn't like it. We heard a lot about the poodle and and how they didn't think it was reflective of of uh, Main Street or the neighborhood, and they didn't. Um, I thought it was a waste of money. So I don't think you can really win in this. And because art is so subjective, I don't think you can really win. And I also think, you know, Melody was talking about how the chandelier is sort of the embodiment of inequality, that this is a piece that is sort of um, offensive because of what our city is going through. And there is no argument that we have an opioid crisis and that we have an issue with homelessness. But I mean, we have other pieces of art that are privately donated. They may be temporary, like the Dolly statues that have uh, Salvador Dolly statues that have been down in Vancouver. And um, I don't see the same outrage with those pieces of art With the chandelier. And I think that we are sort of making an assumption that individuals that are of a lower socioeconomic status in life cannot appreciate art that is, you know, unobtainable. Most art is unobtainable. I can't afford to have a huge chandelier in my house. It wouldn't even fit. I live in a small space. (laughs) so. But I'm not offended by it because right. I see it and I think is beautiful, and I think that is what we're assuming that people of, you know, of uh, lesser means will look at the art and automatically be angered, where they might think that's a beautiful structure that's up there, and I just think okay. that might be the wrong assumption.
1: Melody, what do you? We, we heard both sides of it there in all those calls. We just got a minute left. If you'd like to comment on anything you heard there, Melody.
0: I think that at the
2: end of the day, we need to realize that the city mandated the developer to contribute this art piece, whether right. it's on-site contribution or or a cash and lieu, I think citizens should have an input. If we are okay. going to be the ones walking around it, if we're going to be the ones who are going to live with it,
1: Okay, th- okay um, Claire, we should we got, have we got- some get- sort of input. Mm-hmm. Thank- thanks, man. I just ha- hate to step on you there. 30 seconds. Claire, do you think people should just go check it out for themselves and maybe decide?
0: Um, I think everyone should take time uh-huh. to appreciate all the public art in all of our cities here in Metro Vancouver. Right. And I think that it this art has achieved what art is supposed to achieve is made people think and it started a right. conversation. Um, at the end of the day, it was private money. And I okay. think that that's what it did. It did what it wanted, needed to do.
1: My thanks there to Melody Ma and Claire Allen. This is Mike Smith. we got lots more. Stick around.